challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us for Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And our theme today is kindness. Oh, I'm glad I came. (laughs) There is a lot of kindness in the world. And are you one of the people who is showering the world with kindness? Or are you one of the people who is just taking all the kindness of everyone else? <laughs> yes, the kindness. Um, so that is our theme for today. And uh, every week we have a theme, and one of the reasons we do that on Say Yes to Spirit is so that we can focus a little bit what is often a very free-flowing conversation um, that is always about the umbrella theme of what does it mean to say yes to spirit, what do our lives look like when we say yes to spirit, how do we show up in the world when we say yes to spirit. And sometimes our themes are really very... Um, Spiritually, very spiritually obvious, and other times our themes aren't so spiritually obvious with the whole idea of making it the reminder that everything, everything at the end of the day is spiritual. And it's interesting in thinking about different themes and thinking about what to talk about. I'm always fascinated how my my mind will help me understand that it's a reminder to me that when I'm thinking of, like, work or people at work or my emotional reaction to people at work (laughs) or my emotional reaction to my mother or people in my life that I have long histories with, that I can understand that there's a spiritual opportunity, a spiritual thread, that if I stay awake or aware of that or remember that, it makes the interaction very different. And really, this hour each week, is a huge part of my kind of awareness and awakeness, if that makes sense. And it keeps me, uh, again, since I've lost some of my daily meditation practice, you know, having this weekly thing, it's become kind of a very sacred time. Thank you, Tracy, for showing up each week. I love it, this weekly thing. (laughs) Weekly thing, but we hope you make it a weekly thing as well because we love talking about, uh, spirit and how it shows up in our lives. So again, our theme this week is kindness, and our most recent theme was my stuff. stuff. And we talked all about our stuff and uh, both mental and physical stuff. And so we always like to connect the dots whenever possible with our previous <laughs> theme and today's theme. So, uh, it's my favorite part, the idea, and this is kind of an interesting connect the dots, because when we talked about my stuff, 
we I really was focused on all of my mental stuff. Yeah. I noticed you went to physical stuff, which I think is much logical. My mental stuff. And today, when we were talking about stuff, I immediately started being kind to myself and how I'm not very kind to myself. And my mental stuff is mostly how I'm not kind to myself. Oh, so, so there's, there's my connection. <laughs> for me personally, I don't know about anybody else, but in my mind, I am very not kind, and my stuff I tend to be very critical of. So in my mind, my mind stuff. So there's a real easy connected us for me. Yes, it is. And so uh, we're going to take a break, and while we're doing that, maybe you, the listener, can be thinking about is there a connection for you between the conversation about your stuff and how it how it impacts or affects your life and this idea or this concept of kindness? We'll be back in one minute. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme for today is kindness. It's such an interesting word because really I I believe kindness. And I can remember writing in people's like birthday cards or Christmas cards and referencing kind acts that they had done towards me or kind acts that I had seen them do towards others. Nice. And I always would say that kindness is so overlooked. And it's almost as if when we're kind, many times people see that as weak. Or sometimes kindness in modern psychology has been confused with codependency. Or, you know, where is that line between just being kind-hearted and being open-hearted and being willing to be sort of maybe, quote-unquote, used and abused externally, and certainly not physically abused or emotionally abused, but, you know, to to be the one that can just simply be kind and simply be present in the face of other people not being kind and not being pleasant. And, and to see that as something really deeply spiritual, to me, kindness, that word is really connected to being deeply spiritual and deeply selfless. If I'm truly being kind... I am not concerned with myself. It's, it's completely unvoid of my own sort of what's in it for me kind of mentality. If I'm being, if I'm into kindness, it just is a very deep word to me. I like the word. <laughs> I, 
I agree with you. I think often people are hesitant to be kind because they are they don't want to be perceived as weak. Weak, right? They don't want if I'm kind people will walk all over me. If I'm the if I am kind, I am not asserting myself. When in effect, when in reality, being kind is asserting yourself in a very loving way. Yes, in a very I think a more mature, a more, you know, self um, I think it's a strong sense of people that have a strong sense of themselves and have, have deep self-esteem, have really a core knowing of who they are and how loved they are. Do you understand how I'm using the word they to me suddenly? But how loved I am, it, it, if I truly am in touch with that, then my kindness just becomes very natural. And it's real interesting. I just had a conversation with someone, and the whole focus was, they have known themselves to be very kind in the past, and over the last few years, they've become very bitter and resentful and unkind and uncaring about other people's pain. And what they finally came to understand this morning was it's because they hadn't been taking care of themselves. So they had nothing in their well of giving right. to be able to give because their well was dry. And people were coming with these cups like they'd always come because she'd always said water to give. And now she's just angry. And it's kind of matured now into being angry at the people who have, dare you come looking for water? Can't you see my right. well is dry? Where she's not right. letting them know. Don't come looking for water. Come bring me <laughs> water. For water. Bring me the water. Right. Yeah. And, and I've been there at different points in my life where, you know, not so much to, well, not a couple times to the extreme of, yeah, feeling like, if one more person mm-hmm. asks me to do anything else, right, and I'm really clear that they're asking me because I've always said yes before, right. or I've always, you know, been there mm-hmm. for them before. Mm-hmm. And water. And um, so, yeah, I think there is a connection of, in terms of being kind, truly, genuinely kind, can be reciprocal or can be evenly measured against how or compared to how kind you are to you and others are to yourself. Because yes. sometimes people are kind to you and you deflect it. And so, you know, we also have to be willing to receive the kindness of others. Mm-hmm. And both the combination of our own kindness to ourselves and the kindness we receive for others that we nourish both of those, we accept them, we recognize them, we practice that so that it gives us enough overflow. You know, one of the practitioners at our center, Angela, often, all I mean, always is talking about giving from the overflow mm-hmm. and being, um, being really conscious and intentional about filling yourself up to overflow. Right. Um, and the other thing that strikes me that as you were talking before, it was like, you know, a big part of being willing to be kind or the or no, let me say that differently. Sometimes two people can exhibit or demonstrate the same behavior and one person is being kind and the other person is being <laughs> controlling. Or manipulative. Manipulative or controlling. Right. Right. And I um 
And what made that come to mind, I'm sure, besides just general life, is I recently attended a conference. And, and you know, I can, I'm very clear about people being kind to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think of very specific examples from a variety of people. And with some of them, as I received their kindness, it felt like it felt authentic. It felt kind. They were doing something for which there was no benefit to them doing or saying. And then there there are a couple of people I'm thinking of who they said or did things that were kind, but the feeling tone, that the feeling that I had, the vibration of it was because, you know, I want you to do something for me, right. more of an exchange or I'm paying you now so you can pay me later, you know, <laughs> I, you know I'm going to vote for you or, you know, when you get elected into this position, I want something from you. I was going to say, can I scream and yell and shout? You just got a kind of a shout out of a new leadership position? Well, yeah, I was recently. Recently, yeah. Earlier this year. Um, elected to the Leadership Council for the Centers for Spiritual Living. and um, Which is a very cool thing, Tracy Brown. It and is I a very cool that. thing. I love that. I love that for the Center for Spiritual Living as a whole, as a community, as a worldwide community. And I love that for them. I love it for you, but I especially love it for them. Yeah, it's it's already a really interesting. I've been to a couple of meetings, and you know we meet by phone as well, and uh, have team assignments, and it's a lot of work. But I'm actually very excited by it, and um, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. The opportunity for, like you're saying, for other people to take advantage of that, of your, you know, ability to be helpful to them, that they give that sense of being kind. And that is really an interesting point. And I am a master manipulator, I do believe, that I can, that people rarely can really know my true motive. And I used to say at the end of the day, I'm the only one that knows, you know, and and I would really over the course of my life, have to look at that and understand that it's it's a it's an energetic rub within me. If I'm doing something out of manipulation now, I actually have a little trigger point in the bottom at the bottom of my neck, right before it meets my back, that I'll trigger out and I'll know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am just doing this to get to down the road that yeah. I think I might need. And I think that's great health and, you know, progress. I now have a true Well, then you can recognize it. Yeah, it's just being really a quick pro-po kind of thing, you know. But um, (laughs) but it is true. We don't know. And I think that the, um, and I read this somewhere too, but the kindness that I'm giving out with the expectation of something back doesn't see the same Yeah, it's, it's a different energetic, right. and it doesn't make it completely wrong because sometimes we give kindness out to receive kindness in return. It's not so much that I'm manipulating from a power position or wanting to use your power. Um, and, you know, and, and that's okay. But But it just made me think as we started talking that, 
I don't really see that as kindness. And I don't see it really, all manipulation is not negative because when we're in organizations and even in our family, <laughs> you know, but there is intent. Well, there, there has to be right, right, right. because people can't always know. Uh, and sometimes we're kind just out of um, 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 <laughs> responsibilities, no. not the right word, and obligations, not the right word either. But, for example, um, I might do or say things that are kind, even though I don't want anything specific, I don't, you know, but out of respect or out of um, – now, this hasn't happened lately, so this really is just an example. <laughs> because I can't, because I can't think of another example that's happened, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So this is a hypothetical example. So you have family members. So I might do something kind for my sister just because I have a lifelong relationship with her, and I know she needs or she is going through a hard time or, or something. So I'll do something nice. Um, well, and that is kindness, but I'm moved to actually take action because of my relationship. I have a lifelong commitment. We're going to be sisters as long as forever, you know, as right. long as forever. Right, right. And so I might, maybe, maybe it's not the reason for being kind. Maybe it's the frequency or the motivation to be kind. So yeah, so I'm kind to her because she is my sister and I love that relationship. And yes, I, you know, at some level have some obligation because it feeds the long-term family functioning, right? And so I may be kind more often, more frequently and in different ways to her than I am kind to a stranger. Yes. And yeah, your motivation may be, I mean, motivation is not the right word, but, you know, the expectation is that for me and my family, certainly we're going to be there night or day, rain or shine, like or not like so much. There's a deep kind of commitment to that 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 relationship. And so the kindness kind of comes as an outpicturing of that, not necessarily always by choice. But I'll be kind to my mother, even if I'm, the, if I'm not doing it by choice. And I wonder what that means. Like I will go and have dinner with my mother and spend time with my mother, even if I really have no interest in that or desire to do it. But I'll do it because it's the right thing to do. And she and, and so I... And she appreciates she it. And it. it is... And you're not... You're not like... There's no, no inheritance. <laughs> Sadly, there's no inheritance involved. So, you know, I'm not doing it for that. But it's the right thing to do. And it is kind. And, um, and I don't... And I, you know, have rarely am I mean-spirited in it. Sometimes I get irritable with her, but rarely. And so the kindness comes across, even though, you know, I'm not really, that wouldn't be my desire, wouldn't be my choice to go and spend those three hours just because of what I get out of it. There's not much. There's, there's not much positive coming back to me, shall we say. But so, yeah, so it, it's your choice. It right. wouldn't be your first choice. But you make that choice as a kind act. Right. And so I think that, that's a great example of, yeah, that is being kind because it's not a, I'm doing this to get a specific 
return or outcome. So it's not an exchange. It's not a negotiation. Right. It's not an exchange. It is simply an act of love. And so that's interesting if we think of kindness as an act of love. Oh, I like that. Then that, you know, gives us a really wide berth from which to um, choose and describe kindness. So kindness to family, we we act in that way. That's kind of obvious. Let's talk about kindness to strangers. Well, yeah, that's an interesting point of, like, being um, taken advantage of or manipulated or something. I mean, this, those of you who listen know that I do work at the Dallas County Women's Jail, and there's tons of panhandlers and people asking for money around the jail. And I can't take money up to the jail, so I'm grateful. I'd really be ridiculously poor. Uh, but I always try to, if I have money, if I have to do something in my car, if I have something, I will give money to a panhandler. There's somebody asking for money. And I can't tell you how many times people that I'm with will say, and I even had a, a partner one time. I mean, it was like we got in this huge, like, debate. And this poor homeless person is like, just never mind. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't need the money. But people feeling like I'm being suckered into giving them money and I'm, or I'm just, you know, weak or stupid or something. I mean, it's a real judgment on me that I'm giving this person money because this person, then they're judging as what they're going to do with it. and I could care less, and I know they might be buying alcohol or buying, but the one time that they're needing food or the one time that they do mm-hmm. have a child that needs to, you know, I don't want to miss that one time. So yeah. to me, and I, you know, it's an act of love, and it's really, I like the idea of having kindness in connection with that, because on my end, it is a, it, it's an act of love, and it's an act of, you know, they're by the grace of God, and, and it's an act of karma, too, is also for me. But I really do see that many times, whatever it is, giving money to a panhandler, you know, reaching out and doing some act of kindness is many times judged as weakness or somebody's taking advantage of me. And even in doing, you know, different volunteer things that I've done over the years, um, (laughs) you know, many times people have commented back to me that, that, you know, what are you getting out of that? Right, you need to be getting something out of it. What I'm getting out of it is that I am reminding myself by my actions that I am the voice in the hands of God. Yes, yes. There's no better feeling. And that's how I keep my well full of water. And I think that's part of why my well is personally kind of getting dry is because I'm not doing really any volunteerism. I'm not really active in any um, just completely selfless kind of activities. Most of my activities now are exchanged for some kind of money. And so, you know, I think that that's a real way how I keep my bucket full is through volunteering. And it's, it's very, very important. And what makes me raise my eyebrows oh, yes, I can as that, say that is that already maybe 20 minutes ago you said, and I'm not doing my daily meditation practice anymore. <laughs> so it's like we're getting a list of things you're not doing anymore. Very good, very good. Um, we might want to change that. Bucket gets drier and drier as the show goes on, right? There you go. <laughs> so I had an interesting situation recently where someone apologized to me for something that they did 
in my presence. It wasn't so much what they did to me, but they made a comment in a group. Uh, and they felt that the the exchange between them and the other person was inappropriate and unhealthy. And so this person was came to me, and I'm assuming that, you know, he went to everybody in the group one-on-one oh. mm-hmm. to say, I apologize for that happening, you know, and that's right. not appropriate. Having to and, that. Right, and you having to experience that. And whether he went to everybody in the group or not, I don't know, but I know he came to me and said, you know, I really – that's not who I want to be. That's not healthy for the group. And I'm going to do what I can to correct that situation and to not have that happen again. Nice. Which is really, really nice. And um, and so what, why it comes to me now is because I'm thinking about my response, to, my verbal response. Right. And was my response <laughs> kind? Oh. Oh, do tell us, Tracy. What was the response? Well, I mean, my my... My response was polite. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I'm thinking. My response was polite. Of course, I accepted the apology. I did say, you know, that I wasn't personally offended by that because conflict happens in groups. People don't always agree, and that's how it, sometimes how it comes out. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate it. You know, the apology, although it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel it was necessary right. to apologize, but because he wanted to apologize, I really accepted that So, um, and thanked him for that. So I, I, it was the courteous response. But there is a piece of me that just, what just clicked is, was that a kind response? What would that be? And what would be, right, I mean, what, I don't know. I mean, it's just coming to me right now. And it was, in one level, it was kind. It was kind to accept the apology. But my, so this gets into where where are you coming from when you are kind? So I was in the mindset of being courteous, being polite. And I'm thinking if I had, well, it was automatic. I got you. You know, and it was automatic based on the fact that I really I really didn't take it in an offensive way when that was happening because mm-hmm. it wasn't directed toward me. Right. Um, and it didn't go on and on and on. So, you know, it was just kind of just theater. I call it theater. <laughs> theater of life. Other people act out. Um, and, and that's what happens in meetings. So it was like, okay, yeah. Now, I imagine if I had personally been offended, I still would have been polite and I would have accepted the apology and gone into what can we do differently next time. Um, but what I guess what just what went through my mind just now was part of the reason I wasn't offended was because I know this person is whole, perfect, and complete. I mean, I know this is a good person, and mm-hmm. I know every, I know the other person involved in the exchange is a good person with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And so I guess because we're talking from, say, the point of say yes to spirit, what's going on for me is, wow, it would have been really kind if I had thought in the moment to say something that was more spiritually grounded. 
that, you know, you, I know who you really are. In that, affirming to right, them. More right. affirming to them. In, yes. that, in the moment of that exchange, yes. I was not fooled. Mm-hmm. I know who you really are. Ooh, that's kind. That is the feeling. Yeah, right. feeling then, yeah, I wasn't offended. Thank you for your apology. I accept it. Yeah, that it but, just yeah. it's like in the moment it felt like I was being gracious mm-hmm. and kind. But in this conversation, yes. I'm thinking, oh, how yes. how much deeper right. a, a response would have been to say, I really appreciate that apology, but you need to know that in that moment, in that exchange, I was not fooled. I was not distracted by the words or the energy exchange because I know who you really are. And I know that you are spirit expressing. Yeah. So we're talking about this clearly because um, I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to come from, so to true. stand in that ground, to, 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 to demonstrate that level of kindness and yes. compassion. Yes. But it's not even compassion. It's really just, just kindness, kindness and love. Simple kindness. Yeah. When I know that's true. And that's also being kind to myself because that's who I want to be in the world. Right. And so it... It affirms for me that I really do see people in their wholeness and not in what they are doing. And when I do that for them, I remind myself that, hey, me too. And, you know, that, that's a huge valley for me, the difference between doing it for somebody else and doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think I go back to this conversation I had with this woman this morning. At some point, that valley becomes so desolate that that I lose my ability to do it for others. If I don't do it for myself, at some point, the well will be completely dry and others will come to me and I will say, get the hell away from me. And that's, that's where this woman was this morning. And I like to think that I've mastered my ability to, you know, act as if so deeply that I could be dry for years without, you know, anybody ever really understanding that, except for me, of course. And the idea of being kind to myself is a theme that I see in working with these women in um, jail. When we do self-esteem exercises, there's two different exercises that we do that are incredibly powerful. And one is we do this exercise that I'm going to actually just say here on the radio so that people have never done it before they can do it. So this is a very simple Exercise. Okay, run us through the exercise. You uh, think of the five people that you most admire, that you most love in the world, that you just have warm and fuzzy feeling about, and you don't need to know them, and that you really respect and admire. They could be alive or dead. Um, you know, for example, one of mine is Buddha. So obviously I don't know Buddha. Buddha is dead. But it can be anyone, anyone, and it can even be a fictional character. So you write down those five people. Then you write down the three characteristics about that person that you're most drawn to. What is it about them? They're a spiritual teacher. They're kind-hearted. They're loyal. They're a good family person. They work hard. What are the things that draw you to them? Their qualities or the things that they do that they do in the world. Really, what are you attracted to in them? 
then on your piece of paper you'll have 15 different qualities, things right. that you admire. Right. And then you look at those 15 and you pull out the five that you're just most drawn to, that you just feel like, oh, my goodness, those things I just have such an admiration for. And uh, anyone involved in 12-step programs is familiar with the idea of you spot it, you got it. And you always look at that from a negative standpoint. If I'm really riled up that somebody's being judgmental or gossipy, then me being riled up is an indication, an absolute truth, that it's something within me that's being riled up, that it's uh, recognition. It's in me, so I see it in you, and it riles me up. Yes. So we always use that in 12-step programs with a negative kind of connotation. And the magical thing is that that uh, same theory is true in a positive connotation. Yes, it is. So those five things that I've written down that I'm so drawn to and someone else are inside of me. Those are what I have been told in a workshop years ago. I think you know the guy that originally did that. So we referenced him, Smart Tracy Brown. <laughs> At one point, it's not my exercise, I guess I should say that. I, I forget who actually did it, but um, when I had had it in a workshop years ago given to me, it was called my heart's ID. This is kind of the identification of my heart, the stamp of my heart, of what I'm here to do. And so when I do this in jail with the women and they come up with these five things, they just fall apart. They just fall apart because it's so foreign to them for them to see these five fabulous characteristics and for them to have any understanding that has anything to do with them because they are so far removed from having any kindness or goodness or sense of love towards themselves. They're constantly kind of belittling themselves and having that negative self-talk. So to look at those things and for them to try to bridge that into that's within me it's it's just very emotional for them. Yeah, and that pieces of that process have been used in a variety of classes in the Unity Church and in the uh, Centers for Spiritual Living and Religious Science, as well as in learning and development. But the way it's pulled together and the language that's used in what you're talking about in identifying the heart ID mm-hmm. is the work of uh, Dr. Gary Simmons. And he wrote a book called The Eye of the Storm with, you know, representing that the I, oh. the, the capital letter I, that I am in the middle of the storms of my life. Wow. And... um and that was about conflict. And then the heart ID exercise developed, um, he refined it as part of the process that he uses when he's helping churches uh, and spiritual communities identify where they are and how they engage people within mm-hmm. their centers and especially how do leaders, you know, how do you create leaders and how do you, um, how do you gift people to to identify their own leadership and their own special places to contribute. And he calls it yes. your heart ID. I knew you'd know that. I knew you'd know that. I love that you're the smart one. Well, and I can just be, you know, the one that tells the story. Yeah, it took me a minute because I could see his <laughs> face in my mind's eye. I could, 
name the book, but I, it took me a minute to come up with his name. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, there you go. Uh, visually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Visually the saw visual it. stuff was like, yeah, there he is. I can even see him speaking. And and that process is used a lot, um, and it is very, very powerful. And the idea of, of, of accepting that kindness about myself and being kind to myself to know that all those fabulous qualities are within me, you know, that is such a, again, a foreign thing to, to these women. And I think so many, if I'm really honest, you know, so many people even in the world that uh, we have volunteers in the classroom every time that we do the exercise that are very highly functioning women and usually fabulous jobs in the world. And they too are just, you know, kind of in, in, in a little bit of shock and awe in terms of being kind to themselves and seeing the truth of who they are. And giving them some self some positive understanding of of this is the truth of who I am, and to be kind to myself because this is who I am. I'm not this negative person. I'm not this useless throwaway person. I'm not this person that doesn't deserve good. Look at this. I'm this spiritual teacher. I'm this giver of love. I am this. So I need to be kind. I need to honor and respect myself. And where, where do we come up with the idea that that's Selfish, or that, or that being selfish in that way is bad. Is bad, right? Right. I think it goes back to the very first thing you said that um, cultural behavior uh, and language that tells us being kind is being weak. Yeah, being kind is being, and you know, we in the United States, this cultural norm about being independent and strong, um, and success is often relegated to the individual, not the group. So even if if the company, uh, you know, a business organization makes major, has a major success, we talk about it in, based on who the leader of that company is, right? Yes. Who is the president or who is the CEO or who is the founder? It goes back to the individual. And so... You know, and and we think of winners and losers. Oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. So we, you know, did you win this? Or you're the winner, which means there has to be a loser. So to be kind means you're letting somebody else win in the game of life. That they get to win, they get to look good. Oh wow. I mean, now that these are not my personal right, beliefs, but yeah, that, that is. But culturally, we do a lot to reinforce that. And on TV and in movies, the people who are kind are the people who get, you know, or they end up in poverty or that, you know. Now, I'm glad we live in a day and age where, you know, one of the reasons I subscribe to the spiritual cinema circle is because every month I get four movies, I get four films, and they have some kind of spiritual lesson to them. And often the person who is kind, you know, comes out as the heroine or the, you know, the the story ends up being about them and what they, so it's like, okay, I get that reinforcement every month that being kind, being the love in the world or in the room does have value. And it's up to me to choose that. Yes. 
And ultimately, I, I just keep coming back to this idea that if I'm not kind, if I don't, if I'm not kind to myself and if I'm not kind to others, then I do, I dry up. I just dry up. There's just nothing that is kind of like the, the oil to all of life is this sense of being kind and doing acts of love. Yes. I, uh, oh, what was the name of this movie? The guy from The Office. It's the funny guy from The Office, uh, an actor. He was in a movie where he, uh, God came to him and made him Noah, a, a current-day Noah. Not any recognition to you in your face. But anyway, at the end of, he had to build an ark. And at the end of the movie, God uh, came back to him and he said, well, now what do I do? I kind of, quote-unquote, saved this little community because I built the ark. And he said, you continue doing what you just did. And he said, what was that? And God spelled out in the sand, A-R-C, ark. And he said, acts of random that was the film Evan All My Days. There you go. So you could Google. You're a good person to do that. Yeah. But I uh, did not see that film. But <laughs> now I'm good little film. Yeah, now I'm, I didn't know that's what it was about. Yeah. And, and I'm not a... Steve Carroll fan, or Carell, however he pronounces it, and I'm not a fan of The Office, and so um, there was absolutely no reason for me to <laughs> go see it, but I, by now, it should be on Netflix. Yes, yes, it was a cute little film, and it really, and it showed the idea of kind of giving up our sense of who we think we are, and, yes. and doing something kind, building this arc, uh, and doing an, a random act of kindness. That got really popular after another movie as well, didn't it? Yeah, there was a book a year, few years ago about random acts of kindness. And then after that, there was the film Pay It Forward. That was it, Pay It Forward. People really got into uh, random acts of kindness. And now Evan Almighty, huh? <laughs> and I think the idea of when we do something that's, you know, random and can't be tracked back, that there that, that that does seed a a ripple effect of good back to me. I really um again that goes motivation or intention. Am I doing this act of kindness to get the acclamation or get the attention or get the oh my goodness she's so kind kind of look. External affirmations. Right, right, right. But uh to do it and just to have it be its own reward or its own its own um, sense of I'm doing this just to be doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's the kind thing to do. It's the kind thing to do. I'm going to be using that all week. Because sometimes, you know, when we say it's the right thing to do. Yes. Sounds bitter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really want to do it. Right. And, um, or... It's the right thing to do, but I, you know, yeah, I'd really rather do something else. But it's the right thing to do, and you know, I do so much work with diversity and inclusion that it's the right thing to do. Sometimes gets us in trouble because I think it's right based on my cultural norms and what I've been exposed to, and it may or may not be the quote unquote right thing to do to be considered respectful or any of that. 
from, you know, someone else's culture. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind thing to do feels to me like it has the potential to cross cultures even more yes. because it has a more of a feeling tone of compassion and connection, whereas the right thing to do has more of a um, um, head instead of heart, intellectual, you know, cold thinking. I'm thinking it's the right thing to do. I feel it's the kind thing to do. And your example of your response to the guy who apologized, that's a good, the right thing to do. Perfect thing. You did the right thing. I did the right thing. And that other sentence, boy, that kind thing, boy, that's just, that's just, I'm going to go back and listen to that. So that just, you know, that makes you feel good. When you said that second sentence, it was such a deeper, more authentic connection. And that is going to be a part, that sentence or that framing of, of, um, Conflict and even outside of conflict, when people just do things that are not at their from their <laughs> highest place, yeah, of, of functioning. When they're just being human with a capital yeah. A. It's like you know, I'm yeah, I know yeah. who you really are. Yeah. I yeah. do. I know who you really are, and that is what I see in you at all times. I mean that. I want to stand in that place, and I'm glad that conversation happened in the last week so that as we're, t- we're talking about mm-hmm. kindness, it's kind of like this universal putting it all together, the divine order of the universe working in me. To, you know, that's where I want to be. That's who I want to be in the world. And I sit in my chair, I, I, I kind of sit up when I hear you say that, you know, it's it, it elicits a sense of, again, it's just a reminder of the truth. And when we're reminded of the truth of who we are, there wouldn't be any other option but to be kind. I mean, I used to talk about... Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. That yeah. is true. It's so true. And I can I used to call them green light days. I remember back in the day I used to have green light days when I was meditating. Did we say that already? But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, it just... It, it, the green light days, things went well for me. I did things that were well. It, it just, it just flowed, and it was just a green light day for me, with me, to me, out of me. And it's because I was anchored in the truth of who I was. And as I lose touch of that for myself, then I hit my own speed bumps. I create my own red lights. I am aware of, wow, that didn't go very well. And so I'm, you know, pulling in that energy versus this kind of, oh, no, I am God expressing. Good heavens. Everything is exactly as it needs to be. And if I can remember that about myself, I can remember that about you. Right. When I'm not remembering it about myself, it is real easy to forget that that's who you are as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I like kindness. Okay, well, I do little wristbands that says, what would kindness do? (laughs) Those are so, and it's such a trite question now, ever since, you know, what would Jesus do? What would love do? And all this living. But it's true. What what would kindness do in this situation is a very valid question. Hmm. And if I'm in my daily practice of uh, 
it's some sort of spiritual practice, I'm more in tune with kindness, being kind to myself and kind to others. And 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 how does that daily practice? Um, well, let's uh, you know, I there, it's not so much that the practice is different. I mean, people. Uh, People listening, some may have a an affinity to meditation, some like affirmations. Some, you know, there are all kind. There are all kinds of ways to practice. So we can challenge our listeners and ourselves to whatever your practice is during the next week to bring an element to that practice that is focused on or contemplating kindness. In the in your own life as well as in the world, so you know maybe this week for my morning meditation, I will simply contemplate kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were writing affirmations, I might write a new affirmation each day, or sit down and write seven affirmations for the week that affirm my commitment to being kind in the world, to random acts of kindness to showing up and being the kindness in the room, to practice kindness at work this week. You know, I am right. a, I am um, a loving example of kindness at my workplace with this, you know, an easy mm-hmm. affirmation to have. Um, if I'm a reader, if I do my spiritual practice primarily by reading spiritual texts, then, you know, it's funny how once you set an intention for a theme or topic, you could open the book at random and yes. you're going to read for a page or two and you're going to find mm-hmm. a quotation, a scripture, a, a place with some knowledge, with the wisdom that relates to being kind in the world. True that. Or if True you have that. a concordance, you can go to the concordance and look up kind or kindness or being kind and find specific scripture or specific references within the book, like for us for the Science of Mind textbook, where kindness is referred to. That's a big, long word for like, oh, it tells you where the coordinates tells you where all the things are defined. I got you. I'm with you now. I was trying to think what that word meant. Oh, concordance. I think it's a but then that's not what that is. Uh, no. <laughs> Or if you have um, other types of books that are not concordant, (laughs) that don't have matching corresponding Uh concordances, uh, but they have an index, you know, you could look in the index for kind or kindness or being kind. Putting all of that into my mind, then I I do think it deepens it. I have um, a friend that tried a different type of meditation. The last 12 weeks she's done a what she learned and called a passage meditation. Mm-hmm. And she's, she writes a passage over and over and over mm-hmm. again for like 10 minutes and she did it around the 12 steps. So she did a 12-week series and so she would take the first step and then she would write the first step over and over and over again for I think she set the timer for 10 minutes. And through writing it and thinking about it as she was writing it, it just took it deeper and deeper and deeper. Yes. And I thought, well, wouldn't that be interesting to 
take an affirmation or a passage or something and write it over and over and over again about kindness. And it's really, she's kind of got 12 pieces of art in a way, too, because she used little postcard-sized papers. Oh, nice. She wrote it in different inks and different colors. and It really is. Wouldn't that be cool to then put those in little frames? Yeah. And put those in your bathroom Uh wall so you see them every day or your kitchen Mm -hmm. wall or... Mm-hmm. Now, that would be very cool. And it's really, it, it'll bring her back to that time of having that meditative moment of going deeper within the words. And well, that has to work. You know, when we use our mala beads, and the mala oh, beads are yeah. 108 beads, and um, when you have a phrase that, I mean, even when we do there's only one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, that life is my life now. I mean, that's four sentences. They're short, but it takes about 10 to 12 minutes to do that 108 times. And so writing is slower than speaking. But thinking about that, you know, if you had a one-sentence affirmation, and you wrote for 10 minutes, and it was one sentence uh-huh. versus four sentences, uh-huh. um, you probably would be writing it 100 times or more in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, or if you wrote it slowly and you were contemplating it as you wrote it, you might only write it 10 or 20 times, but you're taking it in at such a deep level. Yeah, I've never heard of doing that. writing or a passive meditation before. Yeah, I've I've heard of doing that kind of meditation, but it wasn't called a passage meditation where you take a scripture and you write it and write it and write it. Yeah, I've never. Yeah. Um. So that's way cool, and that is exactly what we do verbally with our affirmations mm-hmm. or with the releasing prayer that we use mm-hmm. in the discovery process or in the fear of faith process where we take the releasing prayer and we say it 70 times a day for seven days. That is a powerful practice. The repetition of what you are claiming, you know, to be true in your life, what you are bringing forth in your life. And so, yeah, that's a good thing to do. Maybe I just came to the idea that doing some sort of spiritual practice is being kind to myself. Is that obvious? Do you think that was obvious? And it's just sort of, you know. Sometimes the obvious <laughs> needs to be spoken out loud. Yeah. But that is a huge way of being kind to myself. It's it really is. It's a spiritual practice. It really it is. Really. It's not like, it's not work. Right. It's a four-letter word. Well, oh, it's a different kind. four-letter word. Four-letter it's word. a gift. A gift. A gift to yourself. Oh, I like that very much. It's a four-letter word. Gift is a four-letter word. Kind is a four-letter word. Yeah, so really refocusing all of our four-letter words. But yeah, how can I be kind to myself this week and allow that to kind of fuel my kindness to others? And really, many times the metaphor of if I'm not kind to myself, I'm not going to be able to be kind to others. Um, or if I find myself not feeling kind towards others or being short-tempered or being short with others, then I need to look within myself and see where am I not being kind to myself because I think it's an indicator of that, that I haven't been kind to myself in a long, long time when I start getting irritable around others. That's a reflection on my own inner feeling for myself. 
Yes, I think we all can pay attention to that this week as well. Um, And if anyone who's listening to the show has been thinking they were being kind when really they were being manipulative, (laughs) you know, I think, well, and and it, it seems pretty obvious, but I think we get so busy, especially in work, at work, Yes. you know, Am I being kind because I'm a kind person, or am I being kind because I want this person to do what I want them to do, in which case I'm not really being kind. It's not coming from my heart. It's coming from my, it's a strategy. Knowing the best thing for all involved. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to play the chess player. Right, it's part of my my chess strategy. I'll do this because I'm going to get them to do, I'll do A to get them to do B. Right. Then that's not that's not the kindness that we are talking about. Correct. And it really is as simple as what would kindness do, you know, how how change my reaction to myself and to others, but specifically to myself. Yes. I'm focusing on, it's all about me. See, it's always all about me, but now it's really deeply all about me. Okay, well, we've got our homework for the next week, and uh, that's all good, all good. Um, And we're going to be kind to ourselves as well as everyone else. And next week, 150th show. So please join us, hopefully join us live. We'll have some surprises for you. And surprises for ourselves as well. <laughs> and um, and we're so glad that you joined us today. So until next time, please remember to say, say yes to spirit. Play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.